Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is October 12th. This is episode 113. Hopefully you guys are having a great day. We have some pretty important things to discuss today, some very important information coming out throughout the week. The CPI report coming out tomorrow, banking statements on Friday, as well as FOMC meeting stuff today. Obviously a lot happening in the traditional space. UK banks as well discussing on Friday what they will be doing into the future, if they will continue to buy up bonds, buy creating more inflation and such as so. So, yes, with all that said, let's take a quick look over here at what the bonds and what the Dixie is doing. First off, we are continuing to see rejection of this level within our daily timeframes, within our multi-day timeframes, starting to see rejection as well. The U.S. tenure looks a bit more bearish than the Dixie does at the moment, but they tend to you know, follow along just as Bitcoin and ETH do. One starts to propagate a position and move. The other tends to follow along in sequence. So bond yields kind of coming down today. Not really, you know, a pretty good rejection up on our four hour. Uh, we've continued to hold the triple confirmation to the downside that we had uh, as of yesterday. And again, you know, a pretty good rejection off of 3.97. So more than likely over the next couple of days, depending on what happens with these meetings and CPI report tomorrow, we are more than likely to see continuation of rejection and downside here. We have some pretty good divergence, bearish divergence up on our daily. If this does triple confirm back down on the daily, obviously the last triple confirmation, complete fake out, invalidated, and only three days later are we seeing this turn around again. We have a potential to invalidate this divergence as well if we can get below 3.86 or three, yeah, three, about 3.86 and triple confirm ourselves down. So double invalidation could lead to a much stronger move. That in mind, you could see invalidation again from a second invalidation. So if it continues to invalidate, obviously it's like a spring being compressed. Each time it does so, it gives weight to the opposite side with more and more strength. So we need to see kind of what happens over the next couple of days with the data that's coming out to really get a clearer sign of what's happening here. From everything I'm seeing, again, being at our 236 level of the entire history of the 10-year bond yield, as well as being at the 4% level, uh, the top of the rising wedge, all these signs are kind of pushing into one another. Obviously, we still are opening ourselves up for a potential spike before things come cracking down. That's always a possibility that you jump in the opposite direction before things happen, just to push everyone out, scare everyone, push them out of assets, and then flip it on its head. We haven't had that sort of spike yet throughout this whole thing. So a possibility nonetheless. Dixie still continuing to sit around the 113 mark. Still in our sell zone um, that I marked out a couple months ago, and still above our resistance levels going back to about the 80s. So, for now, you know, things are not looking great for 
stocks turning around, yada, yada, yada. But we're starting to see those signs again and again and again. If we can get a lower high here and then a continuation wave, start to flip these support levels into resistance levels once again. The biggest thing I can see right now is getting back below 111.9 and then from there 110. If we can break a new a lower high and a lower low, this thing should, at least in the midterm, short term, continue turning over. So as far as these two charts go, it's going to really depend on what kind of happens over the next couple of days with the data that we're given and how the markets react as such. Best thing going forward would obviously be seeing these things continuing to rotate down and hopefully pivot from this region. Now, the S&P in the uh, complete opposite sense, is holding along its major support level of 3600 Obviously, we're about $25, $30 below right now. $3,600, we are at $3,577. We do have some nice bullish divergence stacked up in our shorter midterm timeframes, as well as our midterm macro, meaning our daily potential for three-day, four-day bullish divergence too, if we were to continue turning around here. But again, it's just one of those things. We're in a clear bear trend. We have lower highs and lower lows. And until we start to see a higher low and then from there a higher high, you know, this trend is not over. We could be just working our way back up into resistance, hopefully at around 4,000 and before potentially popping through. If you guys saw my YouTube short talking about both cases and scenarios here, or I mean, you know, the future <laughs> is kind of riding on this whole thing. And uh, depending on how it goes, could, you know, uh, dictate how the next few years tend to go for us yeah, with the macro economics and the entirety of the economy across the world. So very important week for these three charts. Um, hopefully things, you know, can kind of work themselves out. We work ourselves through this mess and things start to pick up again. There's always, always the option on the table that it's not. They're not going to save us. They're going to let it actually fall off its cliff, wiping out a vast majority of the liquidity in the markets of what's remaining, you know, and we have to be aware of that, that our macro charts are all still very bearish, very bad. This is just when we start to see things in our midterm, short term, there are early signs of potentially turning around. Nothing's verified. Nothing's for sure yet. You know, the fact that we had a two-week bearish invalidation of the previous TC you know, has been proving to be very strong in the S&P. Coming over here to Bitcoin and Ethereum, starting to again see some of the shorter midterm signs of bullishness kind of popping its head up. We're still holding a higher low type of environment in this current range. Um, we're starting to see some bullish divergence stacked up across multiple, multiple timeframes and indicators. So, you know, the last thing we need to see here is money, volume, momentum starting to turn itself back up, people believing that it's going to turn up and continue up, or, you know, we'll just continue to stay in this stagnant sideways shenanigans where no one believes anything and <laughs> nothing really moves until, you know, some entity or whales come in and, and change that uh, environment around. I think it's kind of going to be what it's going to take. If we're in a disbelief stage, even if they do end up pumping the price, and we take back up to the levels that we were at a couple weeks ago, you know, I, I don't believe that that's going to change the average person's uh, like rhetoric and idea of what's happening in the space. 
they're still not going to believe that everything's ha- you know has a chance to actually turn around here that we're bottoming at a potential very key and major level support right throughout bitcoin's history we've never gone below the previous all-time high in a major sense and i'd like to keep it that way if possible <laughs> but obviously the market conditions are going to do what they're going to do regardless of what i think and what i do i'm just one fish in a in an ocean of of money and people so but yeah going back into our midterm time frames here actually you know what we'll start with our midterm macros and macros uh weekly nothing's really changed since monday we are starting to again see signs that we're trying to turn up here in ethereum and bitcoin between money flow turning itself back up green dot being confirmed wolfpack having bullish divergence along with liberator and not confirmed yet until we get back into the green wolfpack but again continuing to see signs of bottoming here this is really like the make or break level for everything it's either everything's going to crash and go to shit across the board or it's not and i mean you know we've had this type of opportunity a couple times throughout the last couple of years where they've had a chance to turn it around while we were going up they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't it faked out, it didn't play out, yada, yada, yada. This could, you know, this could be that point in which that we finally do turn around. Because when we were at the top, no one believed it was coming back to 20. No one believed it could stop going. And that's exactly what happened. And we're kind of at the same emotional stage where I feel like a lot of people are in that same belief where, oh, we can't turn up now. It's all going to shit. Everyone's telling you that recession is coming. It hasn't already been happening you know, we're not in a recession, nothing's nothing's bad, everything's fine. Even though that's exactly what's been happening for six to eight months straight, you know, S&P being down 35, almost 40%. Like, how do you not call that a recession? But average recessions, you know, 40 to 70%, that's, that's the majority of what we've seen in history. So we're at a level that potentially it could be done at least until we get a reconfirmation that we're, you know, it's not over overall. Things are going to try and come up, get super heavily rejected. That would give us a continuation confirmation. But until we have the continuation confirmation, you can see why this level is so important. You know, so if the balance is, is pitiful, we only get in towards the 3800s S&P levels and we turn ourselves back down, I would classify that as a major uh, rejection. And more than likely breaking through this key major level of 3,600 as support. Just poking through it as we have been the last like two to three weeks, you know, poking through, coming back up, poking through, coming back up. That's not enough for the big players to say, okay, for sure, this level's broken. We're coming down heavily, you know, taking another 400 point loss in the S&P, yada, yada, yada. I'm still feeling bullish in these levels but again without confirmation you just you cannot be 100 percent sure we're still riding support we're still trying to turn around here it's just taking a lot longer than you know one would have probably expected yes coming down into our shorter time frames more evidence of potentially popping back up here and turning around is showing up uh, market structures are starting to lean into the bull's favor here right we have bullish market structure on the eight hour six hour time frames as well coming up to our 16 hour i think we're starting to see this shift yes 16 hour eight hour bullish 
Shorter time frames need a little bit more time to figure themselves out. Again, a higher low, potentially turning around. We still need confirmation, but our liberator is pinching off. Money flow is stagnating, meaning flattening out and giving us a chance at turning up here. If we can only touch 20 again and we see rejection again, you know, it's not a great sign of things to come. It's really not like, like I, I don't know how else to emphasize this, but everything is riding on, you know, on this level right now. Is everything going to go to shit? And then because if we do go to shit, we're probably going to see continuation of the shit into the near and far future. You know, another year of bearishness sideways down. Everyone's given up on the market, jumped out, thrown all their <laughs> their Bitcoins away to the larger investors who are scooping it up. That could be the case. I'm not ruling it out. I just, you know, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like we need or we should just crash through. Pio's saying he's still thinking we need a higher low from here-ish. <laughs> but I can't think that the bottom is in till the frothiest web 2.3 shit is washed out, especially the worst metaverse stuff. If we get a lower high, they could amazing, it could be amazing to short. So I don't know about that, my friend. I mean, BlackRock just came out a couple days ago and announced that they were building a metaverse uh, ETF or working uh, towards one, you know? And if that's a basket of 30 to 40, maybe more metaverses, right? Like, I think that they're potentially going to be able to ride it out and take advantage of that type of situation. Like, why else would the BlackRock put their name out there in you know, the metaverse space. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, if they didn't believe that that potentially was, you know, the future to come with the internet. And it, and it, in my mind, it really only makes sense. What other direction can we go other than improving the, how do I want to say this? Like, essentially graphics are at such a pinnacle level that we, you know, you can't get more definition than the human eye can see, right? So what's the next step about how to make something more immersive other than putting yourself into that thing or into that space? Like I truly believe that in 10 years, the metaverse will be really like the go-to, you know, you'll be logging onto your favorite social media website through the metaverse. Maybe it's not VR, right? We don't know if that's the future. Maybe it's augmented reality, right? Where you're still in your own room, but you can see everything around you rather than being in that space entirely as VR would suggest or would give you. And maybe, you know, a whole new technology comes out in the next couple of years. I can't, I can't uh, make guesstimations on what that's going to be, but I truly believe that that is the next step of immersion of how they're going to make things that next, you know, hit that next level of, authentic, of, of realism by putting you in the in the situation, putting you firsthand into that place. If you could play, you know, uh, video games or whatever, whatever that may be, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. So I, I don't know if that case of certain things is coming, but I know that it's definitely a few years out, right? A lot of people 20 years ago probably would have told you the same thing, but with eBay and Amazon and why would I buy things online, you know, when I can just go to a store? Why would I use a digital card when I have cash? 
it's just how it always goes. People are normally not willing to change. We don't like change as humans, but change comes regardless of whether we like it or not. So it's just something to think about. Again, I'm not trying to push you guys' thinking or beliefs into any direction. I just, I think that it's something we strongly need to consider with ourselves that, you know, investing in metaverse this early on is is not a potential huge advantage for ourselves. You say, I get that, but so many projects won't make it and now is a speculative phase. They seem to be the most overvalued versus the long time frame. So by the time that the metaverse is a thing, it's a handful of giants. I just don't see what's different about all this crap that trying to copy Google, Amazon, but we wouldn't short them. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I totally get what you're saying. I don't believe that every single metaverse project is going to take off, you know, but, you know, I, I don't think that every company right now is working on a metaverse. I know a lot of tech companies are working on metaverses and there are going to be a lot that fail. But, you know, I still think that it's so early on that, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to debate that sort of thing, for sure. But I get what you're saying. You know, there are going to be some that don't make it, some that are just complete crap. Pio, uh, did you want to have a quick word about what you're thinking with the CPI report tomorrow? And maybe, yes, please. And maybe a little bit about Friday with uh, the UK bank statements and stuff. Boom. Yeah, and all I was saying with the metaverse is I, I uh, it's about funding, and I think the, le- the time frame is so long. And I, I like what you're saying about not seeing what you can't see, which is like what happened with like TikTok and stuff like that. I'm just too old right. for it. Um, you know, I have no relevance. <laughs> but I do ask my nephews like, when was the last time you used the Oculus? And they're like, what? I still have one. So I think you're right about the time frame, and it's just purely like it doesn't matter if it's crypto or not with the projects that can say funded until they get to market and profitable and stuff like that. I think Metaverse time frame is so long that there might actually be kind of Luna type opportunities with just the dozens and dozens and dozens of VCs who threw money at the wall and didn't really understand the complexity of the technology. Mm-hmm. If we are low or high, probably see that across the board and all you know, what is the stupidest thing here that is overvalued? You know, <laughs> ten dollar hundred X short if we do see a lower high kind of Bitcoin topping out, which is relevant to tomorrow. I think with CPI, you know, there is some forward-looking data saying, actually, because I should have said this, bear in mind the CPI report on the 13th of October is reporting for September uh, month, not, you know, the data doesn't, it doesn't get lifted from like tonight at midnight. Mm-hmm. It ended on the, the 30th or 31st of, October, of September. So, um, some of the forward ahead data has shown like, yeah, it actually could have crept up a little bit from what August CPI is. Um, so, yeah, maybe all of these kind of factors are leading into their headwinds for inflation. They, they might have, they might take another month to play out into the data. There's a lot of it's lagging, like we discussed shipping data, energy in particular, commodities, especially lumber and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. housing is such a part, big part of every economy um, and lumber is just a mass part of the cost component that you know basically 10x for two years and it's come back down to where it was um so yeah tomorrow's cpi i think the market's leaning towards oh it's going to punch us in the guts again and who's going to play the other side of that trade um but if it comes as you know in you know it's 
it's kind of like betting in a sports match. Like you're betting to win or lose, and you forget to bet on a draw. It could come in month on month neutral, which starts us off into this quarter as hey, maybe Q4 can be can break the three consecutive quarters of of inflation growth, and mm-hmm. can the market see that kind of bottoming signal? So you know, two scenarios to boil that then. If we make it to the end of the week, um, CPI goes up, you know, uh, the market breaks from here. And next month, it, it, you know, we find a new bottom or lower bottom. And uh, next month, an FG comes in showing showing what all these kind of lagging indicators are telling us. And it could basically be a fake out um, mm-hmm. for the next move up. Or it could come in, you know. I think the market would read a neutral month-on-month growth. Um, I think it would read it extremely, not extremely bullishly, but certainly they'd be okay. Inflation is topped, you know. That's yeah, yeah. That, that's what they're looking to believe, right? And something I was just thinking about too is like, like uh, concerning to how the market reacts to things. It it seems to be forefronted every time, right? Like. The markets already knew that we were going to get bad information in the last couple of months. Why in 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 which they continued to push lower, right? They're always they're always like um, forewarned, I guess, or fronting the way the moves. Like that's how futures work, right? You're trying to guesstimate what's coming in the future. But if if we've already accounted for you know a bad month of September because we knew that things haven't really truly improved. And that if things are going to pick up as of October's data, you know, then we may have seen the blunt of this already happen. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly how I feel about energy. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Worst case scenario has already been pricing, folks. Like, we've we've moved along, but the narrative in the headspace hasn't. Right. And as long as it doesn't get worse from that point then right like why would you see continuation it can only get better if things pick up and improve especially this week like you know you're, you're still looking at bitcoin going man it's like every second day you know something else crazy happens in the world and bitcoin is just like holding you know and everything else mm-hmm. like that pushed down on the s&p this week and i shat my pants i just checked it by wasn't really following the market too much and it got pushed down to that uh, I think trend notice it was two, the 2008 high it tested and I was like what's Bitcoin doing oh it's going around in circles as it usually does in this range right I think that's ranked as is you know you the OPEC thing this week you had a lot of politics happening and the market still didn't crack crack and this this you know uh, earnings starting to come out now um, and also this sovereign this this sub, sovereign debt crisis kind of pension fund crisis that the UK are having having these are sometimes usually events that would push you down, but we're, we're, we're not going down yet. Right. And so could you go maybe in a little bit more into what type of information that the UK is dealing with come Friday? Absolutely. So with this all starting with the new UK government, um, basically just making a really nonsensical budget, borrowing, and on the other, other side of that borrowing our pension funds is the bond market, you know, they're sort of looking for institutional investors to lend them 70, 80 billion pounds to give tax cuts 
And it was signaled really poorly that they were going to cut the highest rate of marginal tax by like 5% or something like that. So the market looked at that and said, are you guys insane? You know, this is really going to cause a lot more inflation, <laughs> you know. Um, and things kind of went nuts uh, in regards to their, their, their bonds. So this, the, the demand for them fell, obviously, and the pound started to fall apart. So then the Bank of England stepped in and said, hey, look, we're in a rate hiking cycle. A quantitative tightening cycle, but we're going to have to buy these bonds because pension funds don't want to touch them. Other institutional investors didn't want to touch them, and they were tanking, and the yield was obviously rising. So, the Bank of England kind of set a deadline earlier on this week and said, "Look, pension funds, you've done some really stupid stuff with these bonds. Like you've leveraged against them, and you know, just all the kind of bad derivative stuff. Um, and you have three days, so we're going to stop buying these bonds on Friday." And there's been a bit of politics today. Um, but the thing is, like the banking, they do actually have a good reputation and respect for their independence. Um, they actually they, they have they have good people there, right? Um, one of which started out Ireland after the last great financial crisis and stayed viciously independent. So you are kind of looking at everything pointing back towards this UK government on Friday, going pension funds could if they haven't got out, like there could be ramifications and then dominoes falling because. That's a lot of money uh, in the global market. Um, and it might fall back in the government. So they've been very unpredictable so far. Maybe they'll come out on Friday and be like, okay, we're going to rethink this. Or maybe there might be a vote of no confidence. And there's rumors that members of the cabinet may actually vote against uh, the distrust in that. So it's highly unpredictable. And that's why can we get a conclusion on what direction things will take in terms of a resolution. But you know, I, I don't see the Bank of England budging here and saying, ah, it's okay, guys, we'll buy more next week. I think the pressure will have to be relieved in another way. Either that's going to blow something up or um, have political ramifications. Definitely going to be an exciting Friday watching what the pound's going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I know, right? It's, uh, you know, as Ollie was saying, actually, on the channels, you know, like anyone with a UK pension or a mortgage right now is, you know, kind of getting slapped with both hands <laughs> you know right it doesn't seem to matter which way you turn it's yeah. not really a good a good way out at this point right yeah we're not used to this with the uk i'll be very honest with you um at all this is very on uk government style kind of carrying out your business it, it's more like crazy developing country kind of shit argentina stuff right right um, and that's that's what's shaking the market so much because they're like there's pillars, you know, there's pillars of, you know, the US, Europe and the UK. They follow the rules, they do the right things, but, and politicians are, will kind of stand ground on certain things. And mm -hmm. um, I, I believe that will come to a conclusion sooner rather than later. And I think the pound will have a healthy balance. And it's another thing that politics can resolve that would offer relief in terms of environmental positivity to the markets. Right. Um, one thing I do want to point out quick for you guys, too, is that we have a three-day close coming up in uh, three hours on today's daily. So it'll be interesting to see how that next three-day candle opens, if we can open with a green dot, if we can see money flow stagnate here and start to turn itself back up, essentially potentially trying to reject the rejection that we're starting to see here uh, of the wolf pack on the zero line, right? Because obviously what happened last time, we hit the zero line. We went from 22.5 down to 17.8. If we were to confirm fully a rejection here without seeing a pushback right away, 
you know, that kind of cements us in for potentially smashing through. I want to point out the major levels that if we do break down through 18,500, 18.2, probably going to be towards 16.5, 16.3. So if we break our key level, major level support here at 19, the next possible level that we step down to is around 16.5. Obviously, if we break that, we're looking at 14 and then 10 to 11,000. As far as ETH goes, we've covered this quite a bit. The next major level from here at around 1300 is closer to uh, 1050. If you want to get really technical, 1020. If we break that level, the next level to hit would be towards $700. So almost a 50% correction from where we're at right now, about 45%. Not great stuff. Again, it, it's really coming down to where we are right now and what's going to happen out of the whole thing. You know, S&P looking at potentially another 400 point move if we were to lose this level towards 3,200. If we lose that towards 3,000, it's just not, it's just not good across the board. But again, just the telltale signs are telling me that the Dixie and the U.S. tenure are trying to top themselves out, which almost always indicate that the stock market is trying to bottom but is this a big fake out? Is everything going to go to shit? It's, it's a very real possibility if, uh, if things don't sort themselves out. So just be, you know, things to be aware of, things keep in the back of your mind. Nothing with our trades has really changed. I'm still in a long from 19,000. I'm still in a long from 1,300 ETH. And I'm still in my short from 1,700 and from 22. So, you know, until that environment changes completely for sure confirmed dotted your eyes and ticked all your all your boxes you know i just i don't believe that there's there's really anything else we can do other than be ready for either option because right now there's just there's not enough certainty from either side to say for sure of what's going to happen here you know it's uh unprecedented times unprinted unprecedented things happening in the space so be aware of that, you know, always be safe in your investments. The riskiest times are almost always the most plentiful times as well, as long as you're on the right side when it happens. Like this move that's been building up for weeks and weeks and weeks is going to be massive in regardless of which direction it goes. You know, and we may see some sort of double fake out again. Maybe we try to crash down, it gets completely buttoned up, everything is actually not so bad, and we pump like crazy. That's a real possibility. Maybe we pump first, back towards 20 or 22, turn ourselves right back around, and then rip down. You know, because how many times can you knock on the door of a level before it finally breaks? It's just a matter of time here. But October is generally a good month for us. You know, the, the fact that we had all this information and stuff happen in September, um, usually the first week of the next month is bad, and then things start or continue to turn themselves around. And it's, you know, we're, again, we're seeing those signs, but are we going to have any follow-through? Who's going to step in and, and start and continue buying here? You know, but we had another record-breaking day of, uh, or I guess not day, but information coming out about more and more puts being into the market i think close to 10 billion something or something or other shorts of the market right now 
And it just doesn't make any sense why they would uh, give those guys a payout if there's a chance of pushing them out first. So, we'll see. I think we've covered quite a bit today. With all that said, as always, make sure you guys go and head over to tripleconfirmation.com. Check out what we're doing with our bot. Still in alpha, we have version 2 coming out on, I believe, at the beginning of next month. And then, of course, we have our version 2 meeting coming up on October 24th. So, check out our Discord for all the information about that. Links in the descriptions. My friends, make sure you check out our wiki as well whenever it's back up and operating. We've got a ton of good information, a little bit of our timeline about what's to come over the rest of this year. All that good jazz. With all that said, guys, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen, and we hope that you have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.